Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Alright guys, welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. I'm your host, Corey, and uh, we've got a full house tonight. Joining me is Kendall. Hello. And Jockstrap. Hello. And over here to my left is Colin. Hello. Hope you guys are doing all right. And uh, as always, we thank you guys for listening to the Big 12 Country Podcast. You guys definitely have a lot of choices out there now, so we appreciate it very much. Uh, And while we're on that note, if you would, please go uh, give us a five-star, four-star, preferably to the higher end of five-star like on uh, your iTunes or however it is you're listening to us. Um, We're on pretty much any platform now, right? Understand that? Okay. So, yeah, just about anything, however you're listening to us, if you're listening to us, go on there and however you can like or comment, please comment if you would, uh, As uh, especially if you're new to the podcast. We've always kind of said, you know, we're transparent. We take any kind of feedback from you guys. May use it, may not, but uh, we need it. It makes us better, so we appreciate that. Um, we get, This show's a little bit late getting out, obviously. We normally do this stuff on Friday, Saturday, and this is uh, Monday, the 30th, so... I know it's a little late. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. We had some things going on, but uh, we kind of broke things up. Uh, we, you know, for those of you who've been with us for our series where we do the team previews, team previews, we're not doing that tonight. We're going to kind of take a break from that, a little time out, and we're going to do some uh, some predictions, some previews. Uh, let's see how how would I put that? Predictions and um, some bold statements, bold predictions. I guess is that the word I'm looking for? Uh, bold predictions. Uh, just a few things we're going to throw out. We're also going to answer some questions for the season, stuff like that. Um, you know, if, if you're one of those people that likes to, uh, you know, go back and go after people, feel free to write it down, take notes, put people's name under it. I don't care. Come back and, you know, tell us how stupid we are in December. That's fine. At least we know you're listening. So, um, starting things out first, though, we got some news and notes this week that I wanted to get to. Um, <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I uh, took the guy's name down and, and just uh, aired out his dirty laundry, but I guess I won't do that. We had a uh, follower from Twitter suggest we should change this to the OU podcast, so I think he's going to appreciate this first bit of news. Uh, the the uh, Big 12 named their Athletes of the Year in 2018. On the male side, you had Baker Mayfield. Obviously. Obviously. I don't really know that she could have done anything else there. On the, fe- on the female side, you had Maggie Nichols, who's also an Oklahoma Sooner. Um, I didn't pick him. Don't come after me wasn't me i didn't even vote to be honest with you and apparently you could vote on the site and i had no idea so um says nominees are submitted by big 12 institutions and selected based on an athletic performance academic achievement and citizenship by a media panel as well as fan voting conducted through big12sports.com i'll be honest i didn't even know what was going on so uh that's what's going on there maggie nichols i i mean baker doesn't really need any uh introduction i think at this point if you're listening to the show you know who baker mayfield is but maggie nichols is a gymnast for ou uh, involved in several national titles, several individual awards, definitely deserving. So that was a little bit of news there. On the um, watch list, I can't uh, – believe me, I would love to, to recognize every single person in the Big 12 that got on one, but we'd be here for an hour. I mean, we had like 20 in the league just on – I think it was the Nagurski um, uh, watch list. So uh, congratulations to all those guys. Feel free if you want to go look at them, go to the Big 12 site, big12.com. You know, go look all that up and feel free to check that out. Um, there's there's just so many awards too. I mean, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's not just like there's just one award per position. No, or one, I mean, so so much more spreading now. Whose phone is that? <laughs> is that Keith? Uh, of course, it's Ethan. <laughs> Attaboy, Jock. Anyway, 
so uh, yeah, there, there's a ton of them. And like I said, there's 20 just on that one. Uh, I think there's like as few as three maybe on one of them. So, but I mean, we had somebody in pretty much everything. We had punter, everything from punters and kickers to running backs to quarterbacks. So definitely go check those out. Those have all come out this week. Uh, one bit of news I did want to get to, and I have never heard this man's name. Um, uh, what's the word? Anou- an- enunciate? What's, uh, pronounced. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Sorry, it's a little late. Pronounced before. So I apologize if I screw this up. But uh, the gentleman by the name of, I'm going to say Frank Denise. Uh, Denise, I'm not sure. I apologize, Texas fans, for screwing that up. I really don't know. Um, yes, obviously, those who listen know I'm an Oklahoma fan and really familiar with Texas. I honestly had never heard of this gentleman until today or until this week. Um, but I thought he deserved uh, a little bit of recognition. Uh, dude led an incredible life. I uh, was born in 1925, died in 2018. The practice field, as I understand it, is named after him. I don't know. I've never been to the practice field, but I'm going to take people's word for that. Uh, it says he died uh, at the age of 93 on Sunday. Uh, most people knew him as the most committed, lo- most committed Longhorn football fan of pretty much anybody. Uh, he attended more practices than any of the coaches on any of the staffs the last 50 years or whatever going back. Uh, so he was born on January 4, 1925 in Athens, Texas. Uh, he was a 49UT graduate. And somebody was quoted close to him saying he loved the university in this country more than any person I ever knew. He said, oh, said, uh, and I don't know who they're, they're, I don't know if they're sorting somebody or this is just hearsay, but it says, folks said he was the 10th most decorated soldier in the European theater of World War II. He attended more Longhorn football games and practices than any coach in any span that lasted more than 70 years from the, for, from the 40, 1940s through last season. Um, I was also told by somebody that uh, is a Texas fan because I had to kind of reach out to get some information on this because I'll be honest, I didn't know who he was. Um, basically, he had a, I guess, suite, if you want to call it, up in the press box, and they said he never would have sit in there. He always had a section down in the stands. He always would sit in the games, you know, mingle with the normal folks and everything. So, um, apparently, he was a pretty impressive man uh, from everything. I mean, you can go and read. Uh, the article I'm pulling from is on, is this Longhorn? Uh, what is this? It's texassports.com, uh, and they have a big write-up on him. I know uh, the uh, Longhorn Network, if you go to their site, they did a big, long video this week. Uh, big tri- I think it's like eight minutes long, a tribute to him. So I, know, I thought that was interesting. Definitely seems like a good American, a good dude. Uh, definitely lived a pretty cool life from what I can tell. So well, thought that was worth mentioning. And we're getting to the point in the time frame where the, the World War II guys are few and far between. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of cool hearing that story. You almost start you almost start going back and doing math on some of them and going, man, how did you, you know? They definitely had to sneak into you know being underage on some of these guys because yeah. there's no way they. I mean, the math just doesn't work out. So anyway, I thought that was interesting uh, as far as news and notes goes. Um, let's see here, what else was there? Um, but oh, um, team rankings. I know we promise that to you guys every week. Uh, if you want to. Real quickly, Oklahoma on Rivals.com. Oklahoma's up to six in recruiting rankings. Texas is at eight. Um, let me see here. Did I had this all separated. TCU is at 31. Iowa State's above them at 25. I missed Iowa State. They're above them at 25 now after a big weekend. Uh, let's see here. Texas Tech is at 40. Baylor's right behind them at 41. You have West Virginia comes in at 47 after picking up a couple this weekend. Oklahoma State's up to 50, weren't they? I think they were like 57 the week before, maybe something like that. They were down a couple spots from there, I remember. Um, let's see here. Where's the next ones? There's got to be here somewhere. Uh, Kansas State, man, they fell. Good night. Okay, 82, Kansas State. 
sitting on just uh, six total recruits, it looks like. So they still got a long way to go to build that class, obviously. And Kansas is probably still off the board. Yeah, they're still off rivals boards, not in the top 100. I think they're about 103, 104, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, I think we got everybody there. If I missed anybody, I apologize. But anyway, that's uh, Rivals Recruitings. You can go look at Rivals and also 247. We pull from both of them, so check those out. Obviously, it was a big weekend for Texas. They got a couple big ones. They moved them to the top 10 this week. Uh, so congratulations to those guys. Um, if you want to just kind of glance at the top recruited player, the top recruited player in the Big 12 right now is Theo East, receiver at Oklahoma. He's number three in the country, overall player period, uh, behind the Stingley kid that's going to LSU and the, and the uh, offensive lineman right who's undecided at the moment. So... That is a little bit of news and notes for the week. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, Obviously, biggest news of the week, it's fall camp. It starts this week. Yes. Uh, I know most people are reporting somewhere between the days of Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever is the first. What is that, Wednesday? It would be Wednesday. Uh, Between Wednesday and Saturday, somewhere in that ballpark, most of the teams are reporting. So, Um, And it's here, guys. I I can't believe it, but it's here. This this summer moved faster than the previous two that we've done this. I know that. I remember last year thinking, my God, this is going to take forever. And then this year, man, it's it's come quick, real quick. Um, all right. Uh, so tonight we're going to get into, uh, let's see, before we do the uh, you guys' predictions on who you think the best players are at some of the positions and whatnot and bold predictions and all that, uh, real quickly let's get into so – I, I wrote up a few questions. Curious to get y'all's take. I would like you guys to discuss because I'd like to hear from all of you, so I'm not going to single anybody out. So if you want to answer the question, feel free. Uh, once again, for those of you who are new to the show who don't know the rules of questions, the question game we play, I don't really have a name for it. I need to come up with one, I guess. Uh, I write questions. They've never seen them, and they have to answer them. And most of the time, they're Big 12 related. Sometimes it steps out of the Big 12. So um, the first, I'm going to save the first one because I asked this to – Derek did his weekly mailbag on HTS, so I asked him this question today, so I'm going to hold off on this one just yet. Uh, so let's skip that one. Uh, number two, if Will Greer is number one, if we're just assuming, and, and I'm not going to start an argument on whether or not you think he's number one, but if he's number one, which I think the consensus most people would say he is, what single player after him in the Big 12, if you're a defensive coordinator, is keeping you up at night right now? Is this only applicable to quarterbacks or any position? Any position player in offense, obviously. David Montgomery. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, legit. I mean, that, yeah, that's legit. I mean, I, if I don't think of one guy that is going to touch the ball a lot other than a quarterback, it, it would probably be David Montgomery. As far as – I know he's going to catch the ball, he's going to run the ball. He's going to get his hands on the ball a lot, and he's he's a loser. And he's going to punish you the entire time. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'd go with Roddy Anderson. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's another good one. I think that one's a good one too because of the versatility option. Too. Yeah, that's a, he's dangerous from both. I mean, he's kind of like mixing MP Ryan into one if you want to go to the recent backs. Well, and, and one weird thing about the Big Twelve this year is it's always been a quarterback league, but their their running backs this year are are very good, and the quarterbacks yeah. are so unknown. It's it's like topsy turvy. It's gonna be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I know definitely. Okay, I, I I'll take those answers. That'll work. Uh, number three, is there a defensive player? And if not, considering the conference we play in, a position group, meaning a defensive line from a team, linebacking court from a team, if you're an offensive coordinator that's giving you a lot of issues right now that you would think of. Well, let's see. I I, I tell you one guy that I think is well overlooked, one, because where he plays, he plays at Kansas, but why is the defensive lineman there? I, I think he's a stud. And I think you know, I mean, I think, yeah, I think he's, he's very good. I, I think he's a little bit – Underrated basically because he plays at Kansas, but I mean, if you watch him on film, the cat could play, and he's what six four two ninety. So I mean, he he's kind of, he's legit. He's a legit size, you know, 
big man inside. So I, we don't really have a whole lot of those in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he could cause some t- troubles this year. Another guy at Kansas is Mike Lee. He last year he didn't he didn't he performed, but he didn't like he wasn't like oh he's. He wasn't. He wasn't freshman Mike Lee. Those right. Highlight real hits yeah. all over the place. Kind of had a sophomore slump. Right. Yeah. Happens to a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. But you're right. He. He. And I'll tell you what. You, you were talking about someone like him hit you. That dude mm-hmm. will light you up. They yeah. got a few guys on that defense that'll. Well, yeah. for me, it's going to be Calvin Bundage from Oklahoma State. I know he didn't get really turned loose a lot last year, but with the change of the four-two-five defense and just the different scheme of that defense that you're going to see, he's going to be coming off the edge a lot last year. I mean. Really outside of the Oklahoma game last year, which I, I think he had like three sacks in like a five-play span at one point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of that this season. It's going to be kind of like the the striker role, the Oklahoma mm-hmm. role. So. I remember going into that game last year. I told you that was the number one player that scared me the most. I mean, yeah. out of anybody in Oklahoma State's team maybe. But, you know, offensively you know what they are, but that guy can change the game for them defensively. I mean, yep. it, it, time to turn him loose. Was he the one that caused the fumble that wasn't yep. a fumble? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was the one to cause. I think he's the one to score the, the pseudo touchdown. Maybe that's what it was. I remember him being involved in that play, but he just man. When you look at and, and I'm not and I'm, I don't want Oklahoma State fans to take this the wrong way, but there's not very many guys on their defense put together like he is. Nope. No, like he's really just not. different. Yeah. Like he he can be real scary and he's fast too. So I could I could take that. Um, number four, what does David Beatty's season need to look like in order for him to get back to next year? I, an unrealistic season. In our, in our, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, this, and I'll even give it to you with this because I have a little thought on this when you guys are done. Is he even under that much pressure this year, or is that overblown? Well, I, I think he maybe is under pressure just because you, you just want to see progress. I mean, there's a lot of things there, too, that are out of his control, like the scholarships. They're, they're, we've talked about it for three years now. I mean, there's there's a bunch of things there that are going on. They're not necessarily his fault, but with them also putting money into the athletic program, building new things, they need to start seeing some form of progress. It doesn't necessarily have to be make a bowl game, but it can't be a one-win season. It needs to be like a four-win season or something like that, showing progress of going the right direction. That's what I think it needs to see. My opinion, it doesn't matter. I don't think there is any pressure. Is there a I magical think, number? I think he's gone anyways. Really? Yeah, I don't think there's anything that he can realistically accomplish this year that will save his job. Is that because of long? I think it's a combination of everything that, that Kendall just said. You do have the new athletic director. But also where you're you're starting to build and invest in the in a sport, there's just there's nothing to to do that, and the donors haven't given them money yet. You know, no. like he's saying, you have to have some progress. Well, they announced that what three hundred twenty five million dollar expansion, and they don't have they don't have the funding. Nearly yeah. anything you have to get the funding, yeah. and nobody's going to donate to a program that they don't see progressing. And to me, with the new athletic director, he's going to go get his own guy. Yeah. I and they, and they probably need like I mean I I don't know David Bailey, uh, Bailey personally, but they're they're gonna need a, like kind of a, a little bit of a showman and a salesman too to help gather that money up. It's he's, he's got to be able to be a good football coach, but he's also got to be able to get out and make the rounds and kind of talk the program up and get people excited about it for them to make that money. Well, well to me, that's investment. a little bit what Jeff Long is. I mean, that's I oh, mean, that's their job. He's yeah. their he's their he's the guy you bring in. I mean, they paid big money not just for him to be the AD for him to do that. Right. In my opinion, I mean, if, if I'm sitting here looking at this from the outside looking in, he was brought in to raise money. To bring in, he's a name, people know, he's had success at a lot of schools, hasn't had the best history in hiring coaches, but outside of that, he's done incredible everywhere he's been as far as money and, you know, balancing budget to the best of his ability given the situation, um, you know, and then obviously his, you know, prominence on the, the college football committee, you know, and all that stuff. So I to me, 
he's brought in because if you said this is our AD blah 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 that was at North Texas, people oh okay, but no, this is Jeff Long. Oh, all right, you know, you got my well, attention. And it might also be how well their relationship, you know, how how well it, it comes together. Does is it they a mile apart where they like close to the hip? You know, what I mean, like mm-hmm. that's probably gonna have a lot to do with whether Betty keeps his job too. Is can he? Can he coexist in the, in that environment? That's something the only time I was going to tell on that. One thing too, I I'm going to say he's safe for one more year, and and the reason I believe this more than anything, as many programs as long as been around, when he gets there and sees what kind of shape that thing's in, uh, granted, if there is his candidate, if his guy becomes available, I think BD's done. Right. I but outside that. of that, I don't think BD's going to go because I think he's going to understand the situation. And I'll you know I didn't I could have patted us on the back on Twitter on social media. When it was first brought up, I didn't. Uh, if you guys go back to, to media days a couple of weeks ago, everybody acted like it was finally out how many scholarship players he had. We've been telling people yeah. for, what, two years now that it was less than 50 when he got it there. Bad. It was bad. Now, we missed it by – we were a little high. Mm-hmm. According to him, it was about 35 to 40. So when he – and you're talking about true – what he felt like were true D1 scholarship players, it was about 35 to 40. So – I'll be honest. It wasn't a shock to us. I didn't think. I mean, people. I mean, it was like breaking news to people. I guess. I. I don't know. Maybe we just pay better attention on that subject than some people did. I don't know what the deal is there. But um, we tried to tell people why he butchered that program. He did. His programming methods were terrible, next to non-existent. Um, you're not going to go play for a man who goes in front of everybody and says, "How am I going to win with that crap on the field?" I mean, it just he destroyed him. And and Kansas isn't. I mean, listen, let's, let's not act like they're a mega school to approach talent or to you know attract talent anyway. Yeah, it wasn't like whenever you left Notre Dame. Exactly. That's yeah. a whole. Yeah. Notre Dame's going to recruit. Yeah, exactly. Notre Dame's always going to recruit. So yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he might, barring like he just goes winless and it's really bad. I mean, if it looks like they're going backwards, I guess back to your original point. If it looks like they're going backwards, then I could kind of see it. Or like I said, the other caveat of. Whoever Jeff Long guy is, he has a dream, vision to take over this program, and I'm not even sure what that guy looks like right now, guys. Because you have to consider, who is it? A guy like? Do you guys see it as a guy like? Um, what's his name that came from? Uh, Row the boat, that idiot. Oh, uh, PG Flag. Yeah, is it somebody like that? Like from Western Michigan, that's hot and just he will take that kind of job. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how much better is Minnesota than Kansas. I mean, I know they're better, but. Optics wise, if you're a coach sitting there going, I mean, I feel like you can win at Kansas easily as well as you can win at Minnesota. Oh, maybe I'm just overlooking Minnesota, but that's just me. I don't know. I mean, you're right. It, it has to be a good fit. I mean, the, the thing is, if it's not, if you don't feel like this is 100% the guy that helps spin it around, you, you might as well just hang on to Betty one more year. I mean, what, what, you're not going to lose anything. It would be way worse to bring someone in that's a train wreck and then try to replace him again. Yeah. You know, I, so, but you're right. I, it, it's going to have to be the perfect fit for, and as a coach, I don't know. That, that's a that's a big that's a big taking. I mean, it's going to have to be someone who's motivated, who's probably younger, and who really wants to like try to do something that no one else can do. It's like someone, Matt, someone's, Matt Campbell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, someone, someone like that. Yeah, yeah, someone who who exactly who thinks that they could do no matter where they go, they can they can make a program. And Matt Campbell yeah. steps up by you know accepting extension. You know, I I still say if an Ohio State like that comes along, Matt Campbell's gone. But you know, barring that, and a school that has the financial capability to buy him out, I mean, to me, he's there for the next decade anyway. Yeah, so I would agree. Or not decade, but till you know, the next five or six years anyway. So, um, 
kind of along on the same lines, in your opinion, did Cliff Kingsbury do enough in 2017 to buy him any kind of cushion in 18? And in case you forgot, they were pretty happy with how things turned out last year. Maybe not towards the end, but it was rolling really good there for a while. Well, if it, if it wasn't for them coming back at halftime and, and beating beating Texas there, at the, I mean, I think that's a whole nother. I mean, I think that switch gets flipped towards the end of last year. I mean, I, I, he he was so much on the hot seat at the very end of last season that I, I think if he doesn't pull that game out miraculously, he, he was gone then. I mean, but so I, I, to me, his his the hot seat's on. I mean, I, I, there's no other way to put it. But the thing is, where do you go from there? It's it's got to be a good fit there too. It, it's. I mean, it's not an easy place to bring in a coach and be like, okay, let's go, let's let's go out and win. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I don't know. I, I went back and forth with him like forty times. See, personally. I'd say his seat is warm. I actually think that he may have done enough to to get him some stuff. And the reason for that is that he's not continuously just beating a dead horse. You started to see him actually change some of his stuff. He there's more of a focus on defense. The defense, running the ball, the defense improved. They're running the ball more. It's not just the same old Texas Tech. And I mm-hmm. think. That if he can take that to the people and say, "Look, I'm I'm trying to change," mm-hmm. and you, I mean, you see, there's people thinking that Tech's kind of on the rise again. So, well, kind of in that same manner, do you guys think people are still close enough to the Mike Leach situation that they believe that is the standard for Tech? Or, and no, don't take this the wrong way to any Tech fans that listen, have they come back down to earth to kind of realize that this is perennially a seven and five, eight and four team in this league? Well, judging from the fact that Leach was in Lubbock like last weekend. <laughs> Selling his book is again. the ghost of Leach still haunting Texas Tech? <laughs> the, the actual Leach is still haunting Texas Tech. Okay, well, physically. Well, well, then that, and then you have, then you also have the protege on top of, you know, I mean, like, yeah, his, he played under Leach. Yeah, so I mean, it's it. They they are they're definitely not breaking away from that because that's that's stuck in their memory of like a really good time recently that they had. So I, I don't know. I mean, I will say you're right, Colin, about Kingsbury making some changes. He is trying to do things differently. Maybe maybe that's what. We've been saying that all along that they need to do something like that, and mm-hmm. we we honestly, I don't think any of us thought he was capable of doing that. Say two years ago, oh, I would have so, no, so no I mean, I, I will give him credit. He is trying to do something different. The running the ball is the biggest thing for me because if you guys, you know, and I know it was a tough, especially us Big Twelve fans at the time, really beat our chest and tried to deny it. But you know, having the hindsight, uh, the the uh, what's, I don't know what the word I'm looking is, but basically the benefit, I guess, of hindsight. That phase after 08, where from about 2010 to 2014, this league got really soft offensively. It got way spread out. Nobody was focusing on the run game until, you know, Oklahoma had to because they had a quarterback that couldn't throw well. So they got really heavy and physical with Josh Heupel that last year. Um, You started seeing Texas did that, I think, also in lack of quarterback play. Um, I I think it was always apparent you were not going to consistently win this league if you can't run the ball. And that's – I mean, I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but Tech, it seems like, took longer to grasp that concept than just about anybody. You cannot – I I know that they're famous for that offense and it's great and everything. There was a time it worked. You're not going to win this league unless you can run the ball. You're just not. So, to me, that was – to me, there's always kind of – and I said this at the Kansas State show too about their offense. To to me, there's always going to be a cap on Tech's defense as to what you're going to get because of the crowd talent you're going to recruit to it. Now, maybe if somebody can run off a couple of Big 12 championships, maybe that all changes. But as we know Texas Tech right now, and as we I expect to know them in the future, there's always going to be somewhat of a cap to what they're capable of doing defensively. They have to run the ball. They have to help that defense out. They have to be able to do those things. And to me, it kind of looks like he finally surrendered last year and said, okay, I get it. And it did help that he did have some bigger backs like Nisby and then to kind of do some of that for him. But – 
I don't know. To me, that was kind of his wake up call. I, I I was glad to see it. I mean, uh, we'd been yelling at him for at least two years now, run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and kind of rounding this thing out, and I know this is kind of a, a, another kind of simple question, but just curious uh, because I think this can be a fun topic depending on where you land on this fan base. Um, if Tom Herman rolls out another mediocre season, and let's face it, it was mediocre last year, whether you think the year before was worse or better, um, in 18, given where he's at, how loud do things get this offseason, guys? Mm, I, I think he's good. I mean, oh, I don't I, think he's getting fired, yeah, but I mean, I, how does Texas I, go total Texas fan base and does it start getting, do we start hearing the drums beat of, because to me, there to me, okay, let me, let me tell you how I see it. And again, I obviously I am well, Oklahoma fan and you know, people aren't going to necessarily want to hear my opinions on Texas, but with that benefit, I am close to Texas than a lot of other teams on fan bases are. I see it as when he got there, this is the guy. He's going to change the world. He's going to do everything. And, you know, I'll be honest. I was a little worried about the issue. He did. He looked like he could do that. Then by the end of the year, I felt like if nothing else, there was a little seed of doubt that could have been planted into that fan base. So if they go 7-5 and five or 7-5, seven, seven and five, I think probably acceptable. They go 6-6, six and 5-7. Six, and seven. Does, I mean, you know the fan base we're talking about here. Oklahoma would be the same way. You know, Alabama all of a sudden, if they got to start doing that, would be the same way. I mean, it's, it's the fan bases. Right. Well, you're right about that because, I mean, I start thinking when you're saying that, I start thinking, okay, Lincoln Riley last year just, just rolled out like the red carpet and just lit it up. If he would have went 7-5 to five last year, what, what would the what would There would have feeling... been a huge sheet of doubt planted, I think, right. whether so, they want to admit that or but, not. But I also say he, Tom Urban, you know, is also still in the – Going up process. I mean, like he, he didn't step into oh no, like, what Lincoln Riley definitely. did. Yes, at Oklahoma. definitely. So definitely. it's kind of a different scenario. But I, but we're also talking we, about we also, football we, fans. We, here we've been saying this for like five years or longer before we even started this podcast. Of it seems like Texas is like a quarterback away. If they could just get a good quarterback, look at everything else they got. They got some good players. They're just missing that one ingredient. And but the thing is, this year I, the, to me, it's still a question mark on that position. So I. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know where they're going to finish at. I, I still, I, in my opinion, it's seven, four, eight, and five is kind of where they're at. But I, I don't see necessarily him on hot seat. But I can definitely see people saying next year we better see a lot more progress. That's that's kind of how I look at it. The answer is no because we haven't gone through the phase where they just destroyed the coordinators yet. That's true. There will be there will be <laughs> there where he fire he'll period. fire he'll fire somebody and they'll go through that. Yeah, I mean, it, to answer that question, yeah. though, also. To me, last year, you know, it was obviously it's his first season, but he's also getting some of that entitlement out of the program. You have the guys, you oh, have the, the guys that declared early that probably shouldn't have that just left because obviously they weren't meshing. And you know, I don't know how much of that is Herman not being a, a players coach. Maybe he's, you know, I, I think I Maybe I'd the Deshaun read, Elliott issue, right? And I read somewhere it was like, well, the players might not like him. He's like, well, it's not my job to make the players like me. They're supposed to respect me. I respect that. I mean, at the end of the day. He needs to build his team now. Granted, maybe he can't build a team there, but I, I I still think he has you know three years left before we get to the point where they're running him out the door. And and I mean, you've seen a lot of progress. Like defensively last year, you've seen tremendous progress. I mean, oh, in my opinion, honestly, they got the best defensive coordinator yeah, in the league. Well, and, and, even even over TCU, in my opinion. And if if you take away that that debacle versus Maryland, the first game, 
they're, they're, they kind of settled in defensively. They looked really good. Like I said, they're like we've been talking about for five years. The one quarterback and that whole thing turns around big mm-hmm. time. And it, it's 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 a it's a wake giant wake yeah. to be. I had to give a shout out to Sky for the the coordinator hate. Oh, he's, oh, yeah. He's the one that wants to run back out of Austin. Yeah, and and I, I think that I think he'll be your first victim, yep. regardless of what happens. Um, well, you know, regardless if even, it's even his fault, I think he'll be. I think he'll be the first. Victim. Have they even confirmed if he's going to be uh, calling plays yet? Yes, there was a quote in media days. They asked something along those lines. I thought lines. he was. It was very non-committal. It wasn't. It wasn't just a flat out, but it was. It wasn't an endorsement. We'll put it that way. But right. it was basically. Um, he, if I remember right, I don't have it in front of me. If I remember right, Herman said something along the lines of, "I have the ability to veto any play." Right. I, that's what I saw. So it was kind of like, yeah, he's going to call plays, but I could see where at a point at the end of the year where maybe he's not. So, and if that happens, then he's definitely out the door. So I don't know. We'll see. Well, also. The biggest issue for Texas offense last year outside of, of quarterback play to me was they couldn't run the freaking football. And I don't yeah. know how they're going to do it this year. Well, I mean, who, like, who in that backfield scares you right now? Well, I mean, it has well, to be the young kids. Well, and the thing is, too, is Daniel like, Carter, the, the, well, uh, Keontae Ingram, and, and Carter. Well, I, I agree that they're the ones that, that, but the thing is, their offensive line was so bad last yeah. year. Like, mm-hmm. if they can't improve that, it really, it doesn't that's, matter if they have a quarterback or running back. Well, they can't block. that's it's, where it's, it's, it's going to be better you know, this so. year or it's not going to be. That's where Hand comes in. Uh, that was why they went out and got you him. You get Herb Hand and you get an offensive line that's finally for after what three years now we've been talking about how young this offensive line is that's experience comes back with games played granted they lost their anchor at left tackle but you know i I don't know we'll see i don't know i'm just curious you guys know how fanatical fan bases can be so i definitely think it's interesting And, and like i said it doesn't help if you're a texas fan because i know it would irk the crap out of me if it was on the other way when oklahoma's winning the league every year when you see oklahoma state come down to what six years straight in austin and kick your five years straight in austin and kick your tail so, I mean, you know, when you've got – and I know OSU isn't traditionally a Texas rival, but they've kind of somewhat stepped in and filled some of that void of some of the other schools that have left. Um, it just feels like a bigger game than it used to be. And a part of that's Oklahoma State's rise to prominence, obviously, too. But um, Okay, I'll give you the first question. It's going to probably show up on the HCS article tomorrow, but I'm curious to get you guys' um, thoughts on it. Does the Big 12 get won this year by a team without the best quarterback? And if so, do you start to see? Do you feel like this will start a trend? Well, Ooh, that's a good question. This 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 is my biggest thing. Is like we only know really about. I was trying to get a koozie. Yeah. Well, the one thing that we we only know we 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 only know about um, Will Greer, and we know a little bit about Kemp at at, uh, at Iowa State. The rest of them. It's, it, we, there's there's so many questions. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we haven't really seen enough of them to say that's true. This I forgot is what about Kemp and Iowa State. You know, so I, I I man, I don't know. Like it, that's a tough question, just because. But uh, the, even uh, the with, unknowns okay, are so. But much. even Kip at Iowa State. Let's discuss this for a minute. Even mm-hmm. Kip at Iowa State, if they're down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, does yeah. Kip scare you enough to go beat you? No, his arm. No. No, I, he's, he's great in that system yes, of yes, I absolutely. can manage games and I can do things, but he has yet to show me that he's that quarterback thing can go win a game in the fourth quarter if he's got to answer. Right. No, that's a good point. I mean, to me, I mean, the only his only one, is the only one to me that scares right. me like that right now. And, and, but there's, I think there's some good young kids coming up, but we don't, we, we haven't seen them play. So I, I mean, it, but to me, if you're asking that question and you're saying Will Greer to, is is the best, the, you know, the best quarterback in the Big Twelve, then I would say there's a chance that. That, that you know someone else is going to win the league this year, 
And if with the running backs and things that are coming along, who knows what's going to happen in the next few years. And obviously this is coming from the standpoint so of we don't know who's going to yeah, fill the void. There's going to be a quarterback, maybe two, possibly even three, that step up this year and wow us and do enough to take a team to the Big 12 championship. But we don't know who that is yet. No, I mean, we can guess. Some people like Kyler. Some people like Robinson. Um, hell, who the hell even knows Oklahoma State right now? <laughs> um, you know, I mean, it's going to be, you know, one of four at Texas. Uh, possibly, in my opinion, a freshman by the end of the year. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's not uh, – and that's kind of what I'm getting at. This league is traditionally known by its quarterback play. And you go back and look at its best years, It's been, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been a roller coaster of, and yeah, we kind of went down a little bit after, what, 08, 09, or, you know, 2010-ish, somewhere in that ballpark. It started to go down. We dipped. We kind of came back up in the 15-ish, 16, 17 era. And then now you're going to take a little bit of a dip again. And here's my question. It's the, This league has been so quarterback-centric given that we only know one guy and he's gone after this year and we don't know anything else, could this possibly start a trend, at least in the next few years, of maybe the best quarterback doesn't decide this league like it has in the past? I say yes, the league is won by a team without the best quarterback this year. However, I don't think it starts a trend because I think – I think they're reloading. Yeah, I think they're reloading. There's going to be freshmen coming in this year and next year. They're going to be stars. If not by next year, by yeah. 2020, this league's going to be scary. I agree. Quarterback. So, yeah, and I, I think some of them are already there. They're just going to be freshmen this year. Mm-hmm. I, so. I, I'm, I'm kind of in that boat right now, too. Like I think this year it happened, but after that, I, I, I'm not willing to say that now. I mean, nobody recruits quarterbacks like this league. Nobody. Not even the Pac-12, who someone tries to argue that. I'm not even close. So... Um, anyway, all right, that was my questions. I was just curious. That was a solid um, question. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought I was thinking about that today, and like I said, he was. they give away a free koozie, and I thought, oh, let me just throw his – it'll probably be Big 12 country asked. I don't even know who's going to say ask the question. But, uh, yeah, so um, you guys want to get into your player predictions for the season? I'll have to uh, tweet Derek and tell him it was me that sent that question in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we probably won't win anyway. Some <laughs> jackass will come up with a great question. So, uh, anyway, um, so kind of rolling through this, I was thinking about and since the you know media days, we kind of split that up some. I was thinking about, you know, they, they released their, their all-conference players and whatnot, and I honestly don't remember us ever doing this. I remember us talking about this over in pre- previous seasons. But I don't think we've ever sit and actually done this. We didn't. I didn't think so. Um, I'm not sure why that didn't happen. Uh, as we all know, I have the worst memory in this entire podcast, so I, I can't tell you why it never happened, but I do well, remember discussing it. I know it. exactly why it didn't happen, but I'm not going to go into that. Okay. Well, as long as somebody <laughs> knows, because I don't have a clue. Um, so, I guess if you guys, where do you want to start with this? Offense start with the player ball? of the years. Player that, you want to start player of the year? Yeah. Okay, we'll start player of the year then. Um, or do you want to start with the individual positions? I, well, the reason I was thinking of doing that first is because, in my opinion, you're probably going to have a couple it. that match. You're probably going to have Mine whoever your match. best player at one position is probably also going to be your offensive player of the year. Mine doesn't. Okay. Well, that's fine. It don't matter. Whatever you want to do. I don't know how you get to that point, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I was – that's the look I was giving. How the hell do you do that? <laughs> okay. Well, let's All do right. positions in. All right. Um, you guys want to start defensively or – Let's go offense. offense. It's a big 12, dang it. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, let's fire away. Who guys got quarterback? Who's your number one quarterback this year in the Big 12? I think that's probably a given. Well, I mean, it's the only one we know anything about to me is Will Greer as far as – That's a safe pick, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I was going to say, uh, too. Oh, that's to make it clear, this say. is not our bold prediction segment. No, no. That will be coming up in a minute. That's what I was going to say also. You got Will Greer? Who you got, Colin? Will Greer. Will Greer. Okay. Yeah. And we're saying statistically, eyeball test, all that, all kind of thrown into one. He's yeah. best. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. I figured that would be easy to get that out of the way. This one I think will be a little more interesting. Who's your top running back for the league? Well, this one to me was tougher because what what I'm going to say now 
when it comes December, it could be any of these three guys that I think are, are all real close to each other. But I, I just have to say David Montgomery just based on overall production the last two years, how many times he touches the ball out of the backfield, catching the ball, also you know running the ball. So I, I would have to go David Montgomery on that. It's kind of tough, but I go with Rodney Anderson. <laughs> well, we're all gonna have three different ones. I'm going really? with Justice Hill. Really, I didn't know. Yeah. I, I really thought we'd have a couple of them. Okay, that's I. I can't argue with and, any of those. And the thing is, the three guys that we just mentioned. I, in December, if you told me this one was the the best running back in the league, it wouldn't shock me one bit. Like I, w- I would not argue with any of those three because I, I think they're all three talented. I mean, it's probably the three best backs in the. League. I mean, it is the three best. Backs at least in the, the three best backs and the three best situations in the league, if nothing else. Um, you know, you can argue. Oh, what's his name at Tech or TCU, but uh, Darius, Anderson. Darius Anderson. But I just feel like he's going to have too many uh, things kind of falling in his way. And in, in the case of like Rodney Anderson, for instance, you also got to look at how many other backs are going to touch the ball and how often is that going to happen. You got Trey Sermon back there. Um, you're going to have, I'm forgetting somebody blatantly, and I'm going to kick myself later. There's another good back in that backfield that I've gone blank on. But anyway, you're going to have that situation. You know, you're going to have Kyler Murray running the ball. So how much does he get or lose? You know, all that's got to be factored into it. Um, so I, I can go with that. Um, let's start receiver. Who's your top receiver this year in the league? Well, I mean, I've went back and forth on this thing, but if you talk, if I this was, is the toughest position. To me, it was too. Yeah, there's if, a lot of answers if, if I, at this position. If I had to pick like a guy who I'd want, like if I had, if I was down by a touchdown and someone I need to go score, like a big touchdown, Marquise Brown would be my guy just because mm. he could break anything. But if I had to like just go down the field over and over again, I, I'd have to go with Seals just as far as and then. The amount of touchdowns the band scores, he scores a touchdown. Yeah, he seems he's touchdown every other catch. So yeah, kind of like Mike uh, or Mark Andrews was. He just seems to find the end zone a lot. I went with Stills. David Stills fifth. You mean Stills? I put, I put Stills. <laughs> hey, don't, I was don't like Stills. Stills. I was like, there's not Stills in this league, is there? It probably is somewhere. Uh, I'm going with Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown. Yeah, that was mine. I I think he could. I don't know. I don't. We won't get into what I think on that one. I I I don't. I have a theory. He's not even going to be Oklahoma's leading receiver this year. But we won't get into that. Um, I don't know that I asked you tight end because this league is not exactly flourishing at the tight end position. But it has to be Calcaterra. Do you have? I mean, I, well, yeah, it pretty much has to be Calcaterra. But I give you the floor. You can anybody you want to throw. That's in right, there. The, the only the only other guy, and I've been preaching about him for two years, is because he's so big and strong. I mean, I, I would love to see Chase Allen get more catches at Iowa State. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the kid. Just size wise, speed wise, like he's. If he doesn't end up with the mumps or something. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. If he can stay on the field. But also, just with their offense and losing some of the outside receivers, I'm thinking maybe they might try to hit him a little more. But, but I mean, Kakatera has to be just, just based on what OU does, has and to be the guy going for It's kind of expectations, too. Because you really, yeah. I mean, he's had good games, but he's never proven it over an extended period of time. But, mm-hmm. I mean, everything's there for him to be that guy. Mm-hmm. To me, he didn't have that, that instant impact like Andrews did. But you see it. You know what I mean? Like you see the potential. So that's. And to me, kind of getting back to the receiver, how much of receiver for you guys was difficult based on who's throwing in the ball? Did that play into yeah. your mind at all? Not really. Because that played into my mind if I was going to do this. Well, like, I, who's who's on the other end of that connection? That, that's the thing, too, is, like, with Oklahoma, that's one thing we don't know, too, is how, how much are they going to use Kyler Murdoch's legs? Yeah, right? I think it's going to be a heavy run offense, to be so, honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, but, but that also, that entails usually hitting the tight end on some, you know, Quick over the top passes in the run game, so it, it, it's going to be really interesting. I don't, I mean, I can envision that offense looking a lot like Florida's did in 08 with Tebow, where you're going to have runs from all over the place with a lot of really talented people in the backfield, but it's going to be enough that it opens the field wide open for passing. And I think that's, I think you're going to end up with a lot of that style of offense from them. Obviously, they're not going to run the triple option or anything like that, but to that effect, 
Um, let's see here. Okay, offensive lineman. Who is your offensive lineman of the year? And we went with one guy instead of sitting there and going through everybody. I, I me, I, I love Dalton Reiser at, at Kansas State. I, Reiser, I, I think he's – if you watch him play, man, he's just like that guy you want to see down the trenches. He's just big, nasty, mm-hmm. and loves to – I mean, I, I really like him. He's my favorite. I got Reisner, too, also. Reisner? I'm going Marcus Keys from Oklahoma State. Marcus Keys? Very unheralded player. That's a guard, he, right? He, yeah, he's yeah. an NFL guy. Yeah, he's, he's pretty Watch good. Watch him this year. He's pretty good. Um, okay. I, I mean, that, honestly, you could I'll go be honest. I don't – R- Reisner, I kind of <laughs> thought would be possible. I didn't know. I didn't I didn't even think about Keys, but that's a good – That's a good, especially run blocking. Uh, okay. Uh, let's uh, see. Let's see. Yeah, let's everybody. Oh, did I, I'll ask it, but I doubt you did. Do you anybody have a fullback, halfback no. option? No. You might? Okay. What's um, that? <laughs> yeah, and the, it's getting yeah, to be that this whoever year. is playing for Kansas State <laughs> yeah, yeah. whoever's lead blocking at Texas because the other guy's got to carry the ball uh, alright we're throwing over the other side defensive lineman who's your defensive lineman of the year I, I pick Wise I talked about him earlier in the show I I just really like his body size I like things he can do he's just so unknown being at Kansas I don't know if he's going to get the full amount of respect being playing for Kansas as he would say if he was on Texas or Oklahoma because mm-hmm. he could kick a play yeah I got Jock. Wise Mice? Yeah. Uh, ben Benagu from Benagu. Yeah, Benagu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, Benagu. yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. screws up. He was he was like I, I had them kind of one two. If we were my, gonna go by group, that would definitely be my group for the year. That defensive line, like when we were talking about asking that question, what was that question I had? If there's a defensive player or position group that, if it's me, that defensive line at TCU probably keeps me up more than anybody right now. Um, linebacker, and uh, to me this. This could get real, real deep. I think because there's, there's two a couple of names of that stand. Yeah, you got, yes. you got, you got your guys in the hole, and you got your guys that kind of play everywhere, and I, you got your guys like that. This league's kind of somewhat. I don't want to say invented, but these specialty kind of pass rushing guys that that's all they do. Uh-huh. Um, so I mean, it, it kind of almost to me comes down to a, is it a statistics thing? Is it a eye test? This guy's going to the NFL thing. So who you guys got on that? Well, I mean, by default, just by just. I picked Dakota Allen mm-hmm. for Texas Tech, but I mean, I like we're talking about linebackers. So so wide range us in the Big Twelve. There's just so many varieties of big, of linebackers in Big Twelve. It's so different than other leagues. But I I really do like watching him play football. I got Ty Summers from TCU. Ty Summers. Uh, David Long. David Long. That's who I would have probably said David Long. And yeah. I I'm not saying you guys are wrong. But that's probably that's the first name that came to mind was David Long. Um, Shout out to Joe Danine, though, for being an yeah, old-school linebacker. Yeah, Danine is another name that doesn't get said nearly enough. That dude could play yes. anywhere in this league right now. I was debating be, picking him. Yeah. I just don't know that he's going to have enough help to put up the numbers that yeah. he needs to put up. Oh, he, he'll have his numbers. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, let's go corner. You guys got or Did Wait, you guys just you, pick a secondary player? Yeah, yeah let's just do up. secondary. Okay. Did you do safety and corner? I, well, I picked Chris Boyd for Texas. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's, he's set up. From what he's done last season, I think he's set up for a big year this year. That's how I picked Wait, Chris Boyd, too. I got – Wait, safety? No. Just pick one. Back. I don't care. Anybody. You got two. Oh, give me a corner and a safety. I, I, got, I just got a safety. It's Mike Lee. Mike Lee? I think he's, got, he's very underrated. Okay. That's fair. We can do that. We can just go with one if that's all you guys got. Um, I don't even think I told you guys to do this, but do you guys got a kicker? Dicker the kicker. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I haven't said. I mean, could it be now, anybody but... besides Cybert? I know I sound like the, the OU fan here, but I mean, is there anybody more experienced and more prepared for their job this year than Cybert? Probably not, because no. he starts as your freshman. Yeah, so I mean, I, I don't yeah. know who. I, at least field goals for that aspect. Punting, I don't know how much punting he's going to do compared to some of the other guys, but 
I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look into. I didn't even think about asking you guys. I didn't know if I did or not. I didn't really research that or look at. I mean, uh, well, okay. Surprise question. Do you have a return man? Turpin. I mean, I, th- I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't think of anybody that's more close. Cuba Hubbard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're still riding that. Watch train, it. It's you? coming this year. <laughs> Chuba yeah. to the house. <laughs> oh, he's got some straight line speed. I guess we'll see. Uh, that's something that this league doesn't really have a lot of right There's now. There's not going to be it's any return this year. Yeah, yeah, about? that's true. There's going to be a whole lot of fair catching. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, let's get into your bold predictions Wait, for the we didn't year. Do player of the oh, years. I'm sorry. I forgot. I apologize. Uh, who is your offensive player that you're in the league? I, I, I'm, st- I'm sticking on the Montgomery train. Like, I, I just think the kid's going to get a lot of touches. I mean, I know Will Greer is going to be right there. And if he wanted, I would totally be okay with it. But I think him and Sills are going to help kind of cancel each other out a little bit because I think they're pulling votes from each other. So I think Montgomery is going to carry the workload. Both you know out of the backfield catching and running, so I, I, he's my guy. I got Montgomery also. He's gonna get a lot of carries this year. He's gonna get a bunch of carries. Rodney Anderson, Rodney Anderson. Yeah, and, and that would probably be. I mean, that's that, this is the thing this year though. There's not anyone where you're just like, oh, he is the guy. Like, it's so much more wide open in the past. My reasoning for Anderson is I think he's just gonna be so involved in running and and catching the ball. Just so explosive out of it. That's the reason I picked. I picked Hill as a better running back, but Anderson's more of an overall. He's a threat everywhere. Right. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting question. If you took Montgomery and stuck him on OU's offense, with with that offensive line, oh, that man. Type, what, what what kind of back would he be in that? He'd be great. Any back behind that offensive line yeah. is pretty good. Yeah. It's, you know, it's they, one thing they're going to do well is run block. Um, defensive block, defensive player of the year. It, well, I mean, I might have to go the TC defense lineman, but I, knew, I, used to, I, I, I say it wrong every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I say it wrong every single uh, time I say it Melissa wrong. corrected me, and I've kind of had yeah, to remember. Well, I've got her voice in my head pronouncing it. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he's a beast. I mean, he really is. But That's who I'm going with. Here. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I think it's a safe bet. I really do. I'm right. I'm riding the Kansas train here, going with Mike Lee or or Daniel Wise. The second coming of Roy Williams. He's gonna have 20 sacks. <laughs> he's the kind of guy that would do it though. No, Seriously. he definitely could. If they, I just don't I, think they turn that loose. Kind of, I don't know if they. Hey man, maybe they will. Maybe Beatty says screw it and they do. I don't know. Um, that's another interesting thing to, to watch in those situations. Is you know how do those coaches coach that are on the hot seat? So um, let's see. Okay, that's everything. I think. I don't think anything else. Do you guys? Are you guys prepared to give a team to win the to win the league? Oh yeah, I'm picking yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point, you have to pick Oklahoma. Oh, uh, state your affiliation, so I, they don't think this is dedicated to the OU podcast. If they, if anybody that follows me <laughs> thinks it was easy for me to say that, uh, I'm sitting here with three Oklahoma or two Oklahoma State alumni and a future my, Oklahoma State alumni. My, my biggest question for the league this year is who's going to play Oklahoma in the championship game? You know, barring injury or something. I mean, OU's pretty much about as big of a lock as you can to get there. I'm, I'm going to tell you my bold predictions. No, oh, we got them. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them. Okay, so, he, Jock, you got a your team you're going to pick to win the league? Oh, you. Okay. <laughs> no, no question. Um, all right, bold prediction time. And I want you guys to have fun with this. So, I, you know, uh, the – and I don't know. I don't think Kendall saw this. He was on vacation. But the – only parameters I gave to the guys when we come up with this, because I wanted some of our staff to submit them, but as usual, they were lazy and didn't give me anything. Um, the only parameters I gave them were you can't, like, just get stupid. Like, Kansas is not winning the league, so let's not even go there. <laughs> okay? okay? That was the only parameters that I gave. Outside, it, it has to at least be plausible. Okay? You could at least sit there and go, hmm, 
maybe. Okay. So, Here, in that aspect. Here's my bow prediction with Texas. Either one, <laughs> Sam, let me make sure I sell this right, Ellinger. 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 Hard Ellinger, because I don't make sure I have the hard yeah. G in there. I don't you don't need Tom Herman. Yeah, don't matter after me. You. Ellinger is either A, going to be the best quarterback in the Big 12, or B, he's not going to make it past the UC, USC game. He's going to be out the rest of the season. It's, I think – I think that's a that's a very good possibility. So I mean, I know that's um, going two different directions, but no, I I I kind of think it is all or nothing. And honestly, I think it's going to be closer to nothing. I don't think he finishes the year, and it's not any hard will or it, the kids just had some hits. I know, that, and, and that's the thing. I'm not trying. How to close does he do another one? I'm really I, not trying you know, to wish I, any ill. It's just like based on track record and the the state of their offensive line things. Yeah, it, it could get ugly. And the fact that he is not scared, like he will no, stick his head no. in there and he will hit somebody, and he and I just at some point think it's going to get him. That, that is one thing I'll say. This kid's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he'll battle. It's just I don't know if his body can can go with what his heart can do. Doc, what's one of your bold I got, predictions? I got Iowa State will be in the Big Twelve championship game. Hmm, nice. I, I, that, that could definitely be possible. I can see that. Mine was. Oklahoma will not have a 1,000-yard receiver this year. But Oklahoma State will have two. Dang, that's the stretch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that, uh, yeah, because that kind of gets back to my who's on the other end of that connection. My, my bold prediction is uh, one of them is, is also this. Iowa State will have a worse record but have a better football team than they did last year. I kinda, yeah, I kind of feel that's what ends up happening. But I, They may win 10 games. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility, I'm saying. I, I honestly think it, it, you could sit there and go, man, this team looks better, but they won't finish as good as they did. I got another one, but I already said it earlier. Mike Lee will be the defensive player of the year because he's just a freak of nature. I, I, I like mean, that's that's a, a bold – to me that's a bold prediction just because, I mean, A, who he's up against, B, who he plays for, See the length of distance behind he's going to be playing from behind in just, I don't know, how many games. Uh, yeah. And the position so, plays. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 It's, man, hell, was Roy Williams the last safety that was a Stevens player of the year in this league? Probably. I mean, Tom, it, was our Thomas one? Yeah. It, had, it can't yeah, have been any know. later than about 05. That's the only one so, I think it might be close to that. Yeah. Now, I can't remember. I have to go look. Because Texas had those really good ones there for a couple of years. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it can't be any later than 05. That this is unless I'm just blatantly forgetting somebody, and I can't think of who because there hasn't been many secondary players in this league that scare you in a long time. Um, Ready for my next one? Yeah, Charlie Brewer is a top three quarterback in the Big Twelve this year. Ooh, I like that one. Ooh, I do like that one. Well, I, I'm piggyback on you because I was going to say <laughs> Jalen Hurd is absolutely going to light it up at Baylor. That that's you know because I I don't think people are I think some people down at Baylor are thinking that, but. Across the Big 12, I don't think they're thinking that at all. Okay. Anything any more? Anything more? Jock? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine if you don't. I just, as many as you guys have, give them to me. Okay, mine would be, my next one will be that West Virginia goes 7-5 and five this year. Mm. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to start that conversation. <laughs> uh, um, my my other book prediction was this is that Kansas State will be in the Big Twelve championship game. I think it's the perfect storm for them as far as everybody's the, the, overlooking the, well, them. that and the, the way the type of football they play. Now, do the they go to game. Starkville this year or do they come to Manhattan? I, Obviously, that doesn't affect their Big yeah, Twelve standings, but I'm just curious. Yeah, but I just I because just, of what that game could mean for them down the road. Until like everyone has so much unknowns, and then those guys 
I want to say they regard, come to Manhattan. Regardless of what you think of Kansas State, one thing you can always count on is X's and O's and being in the right position to make a play, they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. They might not have them as much talent as some of the teams, but they're not going to beat themselves with stupid plays. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to be in every ball game, and their type of football are the ones that grind it out and win those types of ball games. So, I, I that was my prediction: is it's going to be them and OU in the Big Twelve Championship game. See, this year doesn't seem like the year to me because I think that people are starting to put them up there. West Virginia. You're, yeah, no, yes. I'm talking about Kansas oh, State. Oh, Kansas State. Okay. You're starting to see a lot of people saying that this is Kansas State's year. And to me, when people are saying it's Kansas State's type of year, it ends up not being Kansas State's year. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, yeah. <laughs> and, that does, and that's true. That does happen. They are. But it's, it's um, hard to do because it's set up for the. Right. I mean, this is a wide open middle of the pack Big 12. Like, yeah. Anybody can go to number two. It, it's a lot like the 2012 season when they won it. You're. They were a little more prepared in my position, in my opinion, with that with that team. But this league, once we saw what we thought Oklahoma was, and they turned out clearly not to be Texas, we continued to see. Although I think that was their best year under Mac Brown in the last four or five. I want to say this year they won nine games. Um, when we started to see them, and we knew what they weren't, and what Oklahoma State had lost, they were transitioning from the Whedon and Des Bryant era into you know Shelf and those guys. Um, it really did – other than Baylor, it, it became an open league, and and Baylor came out of nowhere. Um, so, you know, I, it's kind of the same same situation. The, and, you know, West Virginia plays a t- challenging schedule. What does that do to them down the road? Because the one thing we know about with them is they don't have depth yet. Or they do have depth, but I just still feel like they're – TCU, I feel like, has Big 12 depth and can fill some of those – and clearly by their, by their finish – Combined with their injury history going back to like 2015 is just ridiculous. I don't think there's been a team injured more in the entire league, um, especially at key players in key games. So I don't think West Virginia's to that point yet. And I that really could, man, you start, especially when you start looking at that, that run at the end where they and then they finish with Oklahoma. So that could be uh, tough on them. You got Kansas State, other than. Mississippi State game. I don't recall a really tough preseason game or non-conference game on their schedule off the top of my head. So you know, up. oh, that game was at Manhattan. By the it way, is, I, thought, I was thinking it was at Manhattan. So okay, so they have South Dakota opening opening the season, Mississippi State, and then UTSA. Yeah, so I mean, they're not. It's not like they're playing all, a juggernaut all schedule. in Manhattan. And it seems like their schedule. I'm saying this completely off the top of my head, but it feels like their schedule wasn't near the top of more difficult schedules in the Big 12. Felt like they got a lot of people coming home. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. And, then again, it's just the fact of we don't know anything about all these teams no. yet. I mean, I know there's going to be that's, some quarterbacks emerge. It's just going to happen. But yeah. you just don't. I mean, you can go out there and say you know, but you just don't. That's the thing about, for me, with TCU, because I, I think TCU is probably the team that finishes second and ends up in the, in the championship game. But who's going to step up and play quarterback for that team? Because I'll be honest, I don't think it's Robinson. No, I, I don't think he finishes that. I think him and I think the situation there in at Texas, I think you end up with different quarterbacks by the end of the year. Both yeah, it's, that's the biggest thing. Is That's the reason why I would say Kansas State would be just because there's so many unknowns. I mean, I, I don't know. I think even it, Oklahoma, it, there's a chance you can end up with a different quarterback. Well, I think Kansas State, you end up with a different quarterback. Yeah, there's that one too, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is like I think Oklahoma is tier one. Then I think there's about five teams in that yeah, second tier. And if any of those five teams were to make it to Dallas, I mean, to Arlington for that championship game, it would not shock me. Well, like, it, like with, none. With, that, with that kind of, uh, I guess, caveat to this, um, do you, how disappointing is it if Oklahoma doesn't win this league this year? 
I don't think it's disappointing. For one, I think it would be good for the league to have some new blood up top. Well, no, I'm not denying that. It would be good for the league for somebody else. It's like it, if you look at it in basketball, Big 12 is about as good a conference in the country as it gets in basketball. How much crap does Big 12 take because Kansas always wins? Mm-hmm. Even though the other teams are good, mm-hmm. but Kansas always wins, so it's like, well. And then they choke you, in the second round. Yeah, of you all suck because Kansas defines the league. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and uh, to me, it's okay, even to an extent, if it is Oklahoma or it is Texas, as long as they start getting to the playoff, you know, every year, other year. See, don't you think that's It's not that's as a- big a deal, but I feel like if they're the same teams winning the league and they're not doing that, to me, it's much worse. See, this goes back to a couple of years, or it may have been last year coming into the season. Where what year are we in the playoff? Is this the four, five? This would be five. Yeah. Okay, so it's always been. Well, the Big Twelve hasn't had a team in the playoff. Oh, well, the Big Twelve's only had one team out of three years in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Well, now they've been there freaking two out of five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, two out I think of four, that yeah. yeah, I think that story is overblown at this point. I mean, yeah. even I agree that we do need the flagship programs to make the playoff, but at this point, I think Oklahoma's. Inserted the Big 12 into, Enough, the, into, the, yeah. into the conversation. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is clearly on the outside looking at this point. Well, one question I have for you guys, I was thinking about this this week as I was driving around, was we now have a Big 12 championship game. At some point, we're going to have that one team, let's, let's just, for argument's sake, say it's Oklahoma this year. Let's say they roll off and they're hot and heavy and they're, you know, 11-1 going into that game. They got a really chance to go to the playoff and they pick, you know, and they play, let's say, whoever the other mm-hmm. team is. And that team beats them. Like I mean, you know, we're, we're now. We're, I mean, how how long do you think it's gonna be before that happens? Where you have that guy that's sure thing locked to go to the playoff, and then all of a sudden they get knocked off in that championship game. Well, you know, we haven't had that scenario in a long time. Based on the old Big Twelve format, I would <laughs> say about one out of five, one out of six. That would probably be about right. To where you had an upset, or this would be a year for it to happen too. To I mean, honest. it could be. Yeah, this is. I, I think this year's gonna be chaotic. I really do. I feel yeah. like chaos I feel like is we're going to Oh, it is. And I, it's fun to watch. I, I think we're going to be exhausted mentally by the end of it. But, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. Um, I had one other question, and I'm trying to think of how to state this, and it's completely off topic, and then we'll close with this. Um, uh, and it's kind of a serious question in a way, so I, I wish maybe I'd have thought of it sooner in the show. In the recent stuff we've seen with the, the tweets um, going back to, you know, when these kids are 17 – Yada, 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 they're 25 now or whatever. And we've seen it more with the pitchers. We did see it with DiVincenzo or however you say his name from uh, whatever the hell team that is that won that. I don't watch basketball. Who won the NCAA championship last year? Villanova? Villanova. Oh, uh, uh, When DiVincenzo or however you say his name uh, with his tweets and some stuff. But mostly it's kind of being regulated to the pro landscape. Mm-hmm. If it does start to happen, because college football is so large and people, and it clearly, to me, clearly the optics are you have a big night, people start digging. Why? I guess they have nothing better to do. But, I mean, to me, there's enough of this Twitter police group out there that whoever the hell they are that finds this and digs this up, I don't know if it's random, if it's a group of people with interest, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's politically driven. I have no idea who, who starts this crap. I have no idea. But whoever does it could be a next girlfriend for all I know. How does it affect these college players differently in a way that they don't have that? Do you think there gets to a point where we could start seeing it affect somebody's money because they're a senior, they had a really good year, this crap comes out, maybe the NFL team doesn't want the optics of this? You know, is it, does it, it, Could you see this becoming a serious problem for some of these players? Well, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, I have kids that are, that are starting to get teenagers, you know, they're teenagers and stuff, and I'm sure they probably say some stupid stuff every once in a while. So I start thinking about it, and I start thinking, okay, if my son was a really – 
good athlete and he was going to get recruited by you know a, a blue chip type school the very first thing i would tell him before you even sign that paper would Scrub be your account sh- yeah mm-hmm. erase the whole dang thing start a new account or whatever dump it like that way you, hopefully no one's caught anything stupid you said and then you have you have to like be smarter about this thing going forward but i mean you know when you say stuff at 15 years old you're an idiot i mean like you don't you don't know what you're well, saying half the time on that so note with the expansion that we've seen with these staffs in college football as far as these pr groups and things like that do you think some of that starts coming into play where they start going and say hey dig back into so-and-so's and see if you can get on top of this and get ahead of it before somebody else finds it. Is that does that start becoming part of the job? Yes, I, I think so. And I, you've seen it in the pro game. I, I saw on Twitter the other day. Someone was like, "How has this player's agent not gone back?" Yeah, in I don't. I really right. don't get it at this and, point. And if this, you're a professional player at all, I don't know how you haven't paid somebody to do this. Well, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that how people are finding this. This isn't some guy just sitting at home watching. Oh, Sean Newcomb's throwing a, a no hitter right now. I'm gonna go and look through seven years of tweets. There's websites out there you can go to and search people's Twitter accounts by keywords, mm-hmm. and that's how they're finding. It's not a hard process to do. So, mm-hmm. it's real quickly ha- to find somebody that's. And, and you know, there's a lot of dumb words you can use, you can say, mm-hmm. and stuff. But there has to be some kind of, you know, you put together a keyword list. Mm-hmm. That we're going to filter everything by this, and we're going to wipe it. We're like Kendall saying, just delete your freaking account and start a new one. Yeah, and and a lot of this stuff has been racially politically somewhat socially negative i guess is the word i'm looking for and i know me personally i'm not i'm 33 now the 18 year old me was a completely had a completely different set of political beliefs had a completely different set of opinions on the world said a lot of stupid shit said a lot of things that i heard my father say and had i had something like twitter it would be scary to go back and see what somebody could have dug up on that stuff you know, I, you know, that, that's just me when people, cause today the question was being asked and I even found myself asking this question, is it okay to forgive these kids at 17 and say, eh, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing. And then, okay, at 25, we hope you've kind of moved on and learned from this. I, at first I thought, I thought, no, but then I really started thinking about it. Just the transition to, uh, on me and on me personally, transition of me personally from 18 to 25 was a big difference from 18 to 33 is a huge difference. So there's a lot of maturity that yeah. happens between like early twenties. So is, I guess what I'm asking is, are, are we going to excuse this? I mean, is it okay I, to excuse this? What, is, well, what I, should there, should, is it just a political shaming in the end of it? I mean, well, I, I think it's, it's too, I think you're going to have a, a group of people that are going to be like, Hey, I remember when I was 17, I, I had I didn't have any life experience. Once I understood life better, my views changed. Kind of like we're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, just maturing. That's, that's part of the process. But you're always going to have those PC people that you you say something wrong, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. So I mean, I, uh, to me, I don't know. Uh, to me, I think the majority of people are like forgive them. I mean, when I was 17, I was an idiot too. But you know, then you're always going to have that that small group of people that are, and they're always the ones that speak the loudest too. That keep pumping it out there. That this guy said this or whatever. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you can ever get away with it. I mean, you know, fully come away with it clean with everybody saying, "Oh, he was just 16 years old and wrote something stupid." Right now, I know this is this is the key thing. I know it's hard because you're you're teenager, you're a young adult, and you're developing. But at some point, with the way that social media is now, parents and everybody just in general have to tell people that. Once you put something out on the internet, it's never going away. No matter what you do, it's always out there. That's why I, I tell people when you're applying for a job, if you post a bunch of stupid crap on Facebook, mm-hmm. where do you think you're, the first thing your prospective employer is going to do? Check social media. If they yep. see you doing stupid stuff, that's going to impact everything. You you have to be 
smart. I know it's hard to do when you're young, but you have to think about that. Well, I mean, it, it's. I mean, you could go back even nothing to do with social media, but say drinking and driving. Everyone knows you shouldn't do that. Everyone knows it's dangerous. Everyone knows, mm-hmm. knows you're, you're putting yourself in danger, other people in danger. But yet, whenever you're that young, sometimes you think you're invincible and nothing's going to happen to you and you don't listen. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. It's tough, man. Like, it is. Like when you're young and dumb, like you think you know everything and you're invincible, that, you know, reality hasn't got a hold of you yet. And it's, I, I tell you what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the John Rocker moment when we go after somebody and goes, oh, yeah, I still think that. <laughs> and then everybody's going to be like, what? And then, you know, like, because right now you have that atmosphere of people just, okay, when it's found out, you're going to backpedal, backpedal, backpedal until, you know, uh, you know, God forgive me, I know not what I do, throw a couple of Hail Marys and move on. Mm-hmm. But I'm waiting for that guy that says, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I you don't, know. I, I honestly don't know if that guy can exist in the sporting world because you're having to go It into, is hard to see how somebody could, but it, it, I, it's different in other aspects of life. But as far as the sporting world, you're, you're going into a locker room with – vast majority of people that let's say it's racially driven for example you're, you're going to the locker room with people that are probably you know uh, all different races and you're all got to come together so it, it's a totally different dynamic than it is probably and just you know if you're a welder or you know something like that like it's it's, it's a different atmosphere that they have to provide it mm-hmm. you know have to produce the, uh, their job in so i Man, I don't know. I, I don't know how anybody would be able to get away with that now. Like, I mean, as far as you'd even have, if it seems like you'd have to do a pretty good job of hiding it, right? And, I, and even if you do feel that way, like, I don't, I don't think you could actually just say that because I think it would come back to bite you big. And if that, if that's, I mean, you know, who am I to 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 fault anybody if that's the way you feel? That's the way you feel. But um, it just seems like you'd have a really hard time coexisting, like you say, in an, in an honest way. Uh, you know, to where people knew what was going on and all that. So, well, well, another issue too with social media is this: like, let's say you and your friends have this running joke about something or something, and you you put something about that joke on the internet. It's, it's like a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no context, there's no voice, there's no facial expressions, there's nothing to go with that. So everybody reads that as like a fact, like you believe that one hundred percent. That's so it's a-, a totally another subject too that's another aspect people have taken into consideration too is twitter of 2018 is not twitter of 2012 Twitter of 2012 was a completely different world where people left like status updates and you talk to your buddies on there like you did in a chat group and it wasn't you know and maybe you could get beyonce to retweet you if you were lucky you know or something like that but it wasn't Corey's a closet Beyonce fan. <laughs> hey, Beyonce's bad. Uh, but, you know, it, you know, if you could do that, that was great, and that's what you did. It wasn't so much a platform, here I am, you know, this is my voice, and this is what I am, and what I, you know, it wasn't that, I don't know. It wasn't that way. It wasn't the news cycle like we use it now either. Mm-hmm. No. It was not anything like that. So I think that's part of the, and I'm not trying to give anybody an out. You know, you did what you did, accept the damages, but... I think some people need to look through that context too. Well, another thing too is like things are so much like recruiting wise. The, the the emphasis that we as fans, whenever we look at recruits and stuff, we, we look at things differently now than we did say ten years ago. Like it, it's a lot oh, more yeah, intense. It's, a lot different it's, world. it's you know the way they're graded, the, the camps they have to go to, all these different things are way more intense and they're way more more under a microscope than they were ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Before it was like oh, the, you know, Oklahoma's recruiting this guy. He's probably pretty good. Yeah, that, that's, that was all that was said. There was there wasn't all this type of media things, the videos to watch. All you know, th- everything's totally changed. Well, I know for a fact schools like Oklahoma that have that recruiting um, monster, 
go through players' tweets when they're recruiting them. I know they go through their information. I know they could check stuff. I don't know. I'm not saying they go back to 2012, but I do know they monitor the kid and see what they're doing. <coughs> D.D. Westbrook. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, I do know that. And I'm not saying the smaller schools don't, but I do know for a fact the large schools like that, Florida State, although Florida State doesn't seem to care, uh, Georgia, Alabama, you know, on and on. Those schools, they do dictate that stuff. So I, I don't know. I just I think there's going to be a player. We're going to be sitting here this year, and it's going to happen to somebody. Oh, yeah, Somebody's going to have a hell of a Saturday night, mm-hmm. and then Sunday morning, we're going to spend the entire day talking about their choice. That Villanova it's, game was the first time it did happen, wasn't it? That's the first thing I can remember. At least on the collegiate level, like I know it's it was. Doing. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's got to be so frustrating for a coach that has been coaching for, say, 30 years because they're like, okay. Well, no, can you imagine Bill yeah, Snyder yeah, putting yeah. up with this crap? I know, so I'm saying, like, you know, yeah, exactly. He's a good example. I mean, like, not only am I just going out and watching this kid to see what he plays like, but now I got to go through his media accounts. I got to find out if he said anything, post any kind of stupid pictures. I mean, it's a whole another. Whole, like, you almost need a. You have to hire extra people just to do that. That's portion exactly of the, the point. Yeah. It, they, and then, they, then you start running into this deal. Okay, the has and the have nots. The, the you know the the upper Texas's, Oklahoma's people that have bigger budgets are able to do those things better than say you know uh, Texas Tech's, Baylor's, Oklahoma State's. Like their budgets are smaller. It's it's a totally. I mean, this thing is is opening a whole other realm of of can but, of worms. But you know some aspects of that are actually better from the school because you can actually you're going to get a true identification of what the players are by looking back at some of the social media. Now I know we're at this at one point we're saying. You know, forgive what they said, but at the same time, if they're doing a bunch of stupid crap, maybe it's not the kind of player that you want to bring in. Your well, club. it's a little closer in college too when you're talking to kids seventeen, now he's twenty. Well, yeah. like it's not quite as far removed from the situation as somebody that's twenty seven. It's also different too. Did, did he say that four years ago, or did he say that last week? I mean, yeah. like you know, there's, there's, there, I mean, there's this, this thing is like a whole another animal that's brewing, and yep. with the way social media is going it's going to be a must-have for everybody, mm-hmm. and it's going to keep on growing. I just feel like now that it has come to the forefront, this is something that, get ready, I think you're going to talk about several times this season. The, I think it's going to happen to prominent guys who have prominent weekends, and unless they're smart. I mean, I'm telling you, if I'm a coach right now, I don't care what level it's on. I, if I can't get a staff guy to do it, I'm making sure every kid goes to their stuff. And I know maybe that's not the most honest approach to it, but why invite this into your living room if you don't have to? Right. I mean, I don't even think I don't even think you should. So, I don't know. I was just curious. I know it was I, kind of a serious question, but I, I would think one thing is parents are going to have to step up here and be like, just delete your account and start. I mean, it's going to have to be stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. going to have to start taking precautions to protect their kid because once they once it gets out there in the public like that, they're going to protect gonna, your kid. It's going to come a point where it can start messing with people's All money. Right. I, I came up with a new segment: stupid stuff that Jockstrap posted to social media last week. <laughs> I'm sure he's got something we can dig up on there, like picking Kansas to win the Big Twelve. Eighty it was eight, eight or eighty thousand to one was, was there were plus eighty thousand on the. the Almost makes you want to go turn in a couple. Of, I thought about putting hundred dollars on it just because yeah. cash in eighty grand. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I, but, I mean. All right. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that show. I know that was a little different. Uh, I don't know that we've ever really done that format of a show before, but we've done some free um, shows before. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it can sound like a discombobulated mess, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, I think, with Baylor. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. be back with the Baylor preview next week, uh, followed by Texas Tech, and then I think probably Oklahoma maybe. I don't know. I'll yeah, have to start looking range. somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, we're about there. About done. And, so. my, and we will also have our first ever police segment oh, yes. talking about social media stuff yes. and stupid stuff. You're going to hear some stupid things yes. that people actually – did physically not just like type in something stupid we're, on the internet. We're going to have a lot of fun with that segment. We, we've submitted some name requests. There was one I liked. I think it was like the first one we got. I like the one that you said too. Um, 
the rest the rest of the intelligence. Yes, yes, that one, yeah. that guy. Yeah, we might have to give him a free T shirt. Yeah, that, our that was a good one. We started. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to go back to the tweets see if I can find out who that was because I don't even remember now. To be honest, I need to start writing this crap down. But uh, yeah, anyway, so I, I kind of like that rest of intelligence. I think we might start using that. Um, hopefully, he didn't copyright it or nothing. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I don't think we have any other news and notes. We'll be back with Baylor. Anybody got anything? Uh, just once again, be sure to go out to all your listening platforms and leave us some reviews and rate us five stars if you can. We we appreciate it. Yes, that'd be big. Jock, you got anything? Nope. Nope. Ready to go to bed? I'm ready to go to bed. Rock shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys on Friday, probably Friday or yeah. Saturday of this mm-hmm. week. So uh, until then, we'll see you guys next time. Everybody say bye. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mackenzie Milton for Heisman. Oh, you, you see ya. <laughs>